Tonight, I can report to the American people and to the world that the United States has conducted an operation that killed Osama bin Laden. Where we continue to follow the capture and killing of Osama bin Laden now. Those are just some of the scenes overnight as thousands of Americans gathered in celebration of Osama bin Laden's death. Former Navy SEAL Rob O'Neill says he has thought about the mission every day since that May Day in 2011. From multiple conversations you had with Rob O'Neill over the past year and a half, how'd you get And you described that his head kind of exploded yes, when you hit I, him. Yes, I actually hit him three times because I shot him twice when he was standing and once on the ground. That is the fucking American badass. Go, go, go. We are not going for fame and we are not going for bravado. We are going for the single mom who dropped her kids off at elementary school on a Tuesday morning, and then 45 minutes later, she jumped to her death out of a skyscraper. If you need help, hang up and then dial your operator. I'm Rob O'Neill, and this is the Operator Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Operator Podcast. I am Robert J. O'Neill, your host, and I'm very happy to have you here. Thank you for listening, and I do look at your feedback on social media, on the Operator Podcast Instagram page, and I get some on my own, uh, Mikuya, M-C-H-O-O-Y-A-H. I got Mikuya because when I was leaving the Navy, they told me about a new thing called Twitter, they being other SEAL Team 6 guys. They said, make up a fake handle and a fake name, and you can say anything you want to anybody, and you won't get in trouble because you won't get caught. And um, so I put... Mick for Irish, Huya for Buds. Mick Huya sounded funny when I said it the first few times. And uh, then a couple days later, my name leaked as killing Bin Laden. I did have Robert O'Neill on there. Someone figured out based on some pictures. So I had 10,000, 12,000 uh, followers on Twitter. So I figured, fuck it, I guess I'm Mick Huya now. So I'm Mick Huya on Twitter, Mick Huya on Instagram and others. And that's how I got there. So, I, but well, like I was saying, though, I do check some of the stuff you guys say. A lot of interest in shotguns lately. A lot, a lot of interest with people who don't like shotguns for some. Not only do they not like shotguns for some reason, they think you're an anti-American if you like shotguns. Like me personally, and I just I like a pump, pump action shotgun. And I had guys. I'm reading them today, this morning, and they're telling me exactly the timestamp of when I said a shotgun sounds loud on the Joe Budden podcast. And I did. And you're checking me and giving me a timestamp. So you're kind of a stalker, but that's okay. Shotguns work. All guns that you know how to use work. And I hope you have them. And um, we need the second amendment now more than ever because uh, of stuff that's happening. The government, you know, I'm the government and I'm here to help you. That's, that's not what happens. They start taking guns away pretty soon. You can, and I'm not, you know, being a doomsdayer, but people who get pushed onto trains for political reasons, being political prisoners, didn't have guns with them when they were getting pushed. The other people doing the pushing had the guns. Because uh, earlier I, on in my, my um, right even before my podcast started a few weeks ago, there was that shooting in Texas in Uvalde. And I got pretty emotional because I've seen death up close. And I've actually seen kids uh, get hurt. I've never seen a kid get killed in person, which makes me very lucky. I have PTSD, like pretty much everyone who's been over there. Actually, I consider more PTS. It's not a disease, post-traumatic stress disorder. It's just post-traumatic stress. If you've seen something very violent and fast like that, you can have, uh, you can relive it. You can see it again. And I, I do have uh, a little bit of that, you know, good days, bad days, but it's important. We all have it, but it's important to remember that time's going to heal a lot of stuff you're going through. And that's what I remember too. And I remember to count um, when I, when I'm in a stressful situation, I have a tendency to move and talk faster than I normally would. And I, I talk faster normally anyway, I don't move quite as fast as I used to, but if you're in a stressful situation and you can calm yourself down, listen to yourself, breathe, and then, um, you're going to chill out a little bit. So after the Uvalde, Uvalde massacre, where the cops didn't go in, and obviously, they're taking all kinds of shit for going in. And I was one of the guys saying, well, if I was there, I would have gone in. It's also important to realize that if you weren't there, you don't know the situation. Still, I think it would have gone in. I think most of you would, too, especially if kids are getting killed. But I said something along the lines. I'm going to why people just hate on me sometimes. I don't get it. Uh, I said there should be. And again, I'm sure someone listening to this or uh, will find the timestamp where I said or tweeted. I'm sure they have a screenshot because the people that bully other people on Twitter 
are these kinds of people that take screenshots of what you said. I, I tweet a lot, and I'll wake up the next morning and read one and be like, whoopsie poo, and <laughs> just delete it. Someone has it somewhere. It's always there. But those are the kinds of people that are out there. And what I mentioned was maybe there needs to be a conversation about what type of people should get guns. Very slippery slope, obviously, because the Second Amendment is the second most important amendment we have. Obviously, the First Amendment is the first because we need to be able to speak. That went away for a while. It's sort of coming back with Elon Musk taking over Twitter, which has been interesting because... You'll notice that the left owns everything. They own from the newspapers to Hollywood to the radio stations, most of the TV, believe it or not. And um, they're, you know, they tell you what's on their agenda. They, they're, they're passing their agenda and using fascist tactics against you by calling you a fascist. So we're, you know, I know a lot of us, myself included, have been still shadow banned on certain, certain um, plat- platforms, not reaching everyone it can. It, like like um, Instagram reminds me every single day that uh, I cannot run ads, but then I'll get a pop-up saying something about ads and I'll just click on it for the hell of it. Like, you, you can't run ads. The decision's been made. I, I still don't know what I did, but it's very easy to offend someone, especially you're not, if you're not saying exactly what they want you to say. They believe in free speech as long as everybody agrees with that speech and anything hateful, you can't put up hate speech. You can't say anything that, that I hate is is Nazism, and so we need to block it. But since Elon Musk t- took it over, he's proven all that, among other things, too. He, he's even to the point where he's saying, I'm not committing suicide. And he's making that obvious because it seems that some people that say certain stuff about some people end up, even if they're in the most secure jail with two guards uh, at a time, uh, have you on suicide watch, you, you end up killing yourself because they were both asleep and the, the cameras weren't working at the time. So he hung himself with sheets you can't hang yourself with. And uh, something like a neck break, I think it was Epstein, happened to him. The type of thing where you're on a jog in D.C. and you commit suicide by shooting yourself in the back of the head twice, <laughs> that sort of stuff. Anyway, uh, uh, I, was, I mentioned that maybe there should be a conversation. How do we handle who, who has the guns and whatnot? But the issue now is, what, I mean, do you ask their guidance counselor? Do they have a guid- guidance counselor? Do you ask their psychiatrist? Do they have one? Do they ask their normal neighbor, but maybe the neighbor's not normal and he doesn't like the way John cuts his grass, so fuck him. I, I, I'm going to say he's a, he's a menace to society. He shouldn't get a gun. Gun control is very, very crazy. I think that, uh, you know, I, th- I think people go really nuts with it on both sides. I saw, I saw a guy, uh, I forget which city I was in, Red State, and he had a concealed pistol, and he had three knives in one pocket, probably switchblades. I'm like, hey, you, you can do that. I hope you don't get in three different knife fights. But have fun at Target. <laughs> but hey, have it with you. Like I said before, if I'm in a spot like Denny's having a delicious Grand Slam moons over my hammy breakfast and some crazy fucker comes in with a gun that probably was purchased illegally, I hope someone's in there with a gun that knows how to use it because that's what the Second Amendment is for. The Second Amendment is not for hunting, never has been. The Second Amendment is for defending yourself against a tyrannical government. Yeah, it was written... A couple hundred years ago, but it's still very important now. That's that's my stance on it there. I'm going to get shit with this because someone's going to come up with something that I tweeted about crazy people shouldn't have these certain guns. Or they tell me that uh, I, for some reason they'll mention that I think that um, a shotgun is a fully semi-automatic. You know what? You, you've heard. I'm sure you've heard some politicians that have no idea what they're talking about. It's a fully it's a semi full automatic and the bullet of an AR-15, which stands for assault rifle, comes out times. It's 10 times faster than a normal bullet. And it's a, it's a devastator. It'll take your whole body off. That's not it at all. Um, but that's what they say. And then if you say thing against the click of the gun guys, the, not, not gun guys, of the, um, of the group that get on Reddit and once somebody says, some, somebody like me says something that they don't like, they like group chat it and say, go attack this guy. Those are the guys I'm talking about when I say gun nuts anyway. Uh, whatever. Be as good as you can. I hope you can train it. Always keep training. It's never over. I, I, uh, I had a boss one time. I was thinking about him. He was actually my command master team at, at Red Squadron, SEAL Team 6. And I, I walked up to him and I said, hey, Master Chief, you got a minute? And he goes, yep, I'm all caught up. As if to say, yeah, I've, I've reached the top. I can get no better. Obviously, sarcastically, meaning he's not at the top. There is no top. Keep training when you need to. So um, I don't know how we got into shotguns. Well, we're probably going to get into shotguns quite a bit. 
because uh, I still love them. I still sleep with them. I posted a picture on at Makuya last night with my two shotguns in case you need to shoot someone more than twice. That's why I buy the book twice. Buy the operator twice in case you want to read it again. It's a good book. The operator. <laughs> um, so it was a good week, though, for me. I, I just got back in time to get this done, this podcast. I want this to be my new job. It's great talking to you. I, and seriously, I love the feedback. The show's called The Operator so that I can talk to you as an operator, me as a former operator, and what we think about stuff, uh, how to act, the similarities that we have. And uh, it's, it's interesting to bring up. I, I know we have hate on the internet, but I travel a lot and I get to talk to a ton of people face-to-face. And that is very refreshing because people are different in person. And uh, people are actually nice in person. And most people that I see really care for this country. And most people that I talk to are affected by the high rising prices of gas. They're worried about a diesel shortage. They're worried about, I mean, not just people who are living, but landlords are worried that people are deciding right now if they can buy groceries or pay rent. And that's sad. And we know why that's happening. And, And all we need to do is get back to energy independence, pump it ourselves, go through pipelines that are cleaner than transporting dirty oil from Venezuela over trucks. Because we're all on the same planet. What's the difference if we get it here cleaner? Um, but we did. Now we're paying repar- literally paying climate change reparations to the rest of the world. And India and China are not paying those reparations because they got to decide they were um, they're still rebuilt. They're, they're building nations. They're not they're not fully functioning nations. So they they pollute, pollute more than anybody in the world, but they don't pay the reparations. But if we took care of our stuff, not only would we bring all the good jobs back. We wouldn't have to insult the coal miners. We'll just say, well, get into clean energy. It's the same thing, right? But um, they, that was kind of funny when, when blue-collar guys started doing that to Twitter executives got fired. <laughs> They're like, what's the big deal? Just get into upholstery. Learn to sail. Get a new job. Stuff like that. But that's not what they're doing. But I, I get to fly a lot, and that's fun. I get to witness people in their natural habitat, which is... Trans, uh, uh, transporting themselves. I, when I say people like them, like each other, they they like each other when they're together. They don't really like each other uh, online necessarily. They'll argue with certain people, and then they'll end up apologizing because they realize they said some bad shit. But they don't like each other in traffic, like New York traffic, Chicago traffic, bad stuff in Texas, traffic jams anywhere. They don't like each other, but the issue, and people even shoot each other over road rage and getting fights over road rage. It's it's the the shitty thing about road rage too. If you think about it, it's you're not mad at the guy, you're not mad at the woman that cuts you off or is driving too slow. You're mad at the situation that you're in. You probably probably would really like the guy driving that truck, but like people have gotten shouting matches through cars, and then someone pulls a gun and shoots and accidentally kills their kid. That's terrible. And that's, you know, that, that's the whole take a deep breath thing. Also, a good thing that I do, and I yell at my wife a lot when she drives, is uh, you're never going to see them again, ever. They mean nothing to you in your life, and you mean nothing to them in their life. You don't need to flip them the bird, because what if they pull out a gun? Let it go. Transit. We don't like each other. So transit, we don't. Trains, man. We really don't like each other. If you ever taken a subway in New York, if you take a subway in New York now, by the way, don't stand on the edge of the tracks. That should go without saying, but there's a lot of things as far as safety that should go without saying. Don't stand on the end of the track. Um, you know, keep your back against something. You don't want one of those. I mean, there's dudes in New York right now out of nowhere pulling a bat out of their sweats and hitting someone in the head as hard as they can for absolutely no reason. I don't think he even robbed the guy, but he's still out there. So that's crazy. Um, and we don't like each other in airports. I think of the transit that is... The nicest one we are to each other, but you can make it nicer for yourself. You can make every experience in the airport nicer. Uh, I do that on purpose because when I first started traveling a lot after I got out of the Navy, I traveled obviously on Navy, uh, sorry, Air Force craft mainly, Navy craft, Army helicopters. Sometimes we would get to fly commercial air to Arizona so we could skydive and go to Eloy and do the wind tunnel and go to Nelson's uh, Nelson's bar, the Trident, which is awesome on Speedway. Good plug there for him. Go in there. Great burgers in there. Uh, great beer, obviously. Um, but yeah, we would we would fly together. So I'm already with the guys that I know and I can get away with pretty much anything. Just, you know, that's that. But now I, I fly commercial. I fly a lot. I got to a, spo- uh, a point one year of my speaking career where I gave 300 speeches in 300 cities. And that's like 
landing somewhere for a, a lunch speech and then driving a couple hours to a different city for a dinner speech and then getting up and flying across the coast for a breakfast. Um, so that's, you know, that's two a days, three a days type stuff. But I have gotten to know the airports really well and I've gotten to know the passengers really well. At first, I didn't like dealing with the TSA because we have to deal with them every day. But then I got into the mindset that they have to deal with us every day. And we as travelers are assholes because a lot of us don't do the stuff you're going to need to do. Here's a, here's a start the day with a smile with a TA agent and tell them they have nice shoes. You're going to get through faster. Tell them they have a nice day. Who knows? Maybe they're having a shitting, shitty day because you don't really know what someone else is going through anyway. Personally, it could be a lot. And a little thing like that could 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 help their day, make their week, make them happy about themselves. Or, you know, you say something bad, you could make them have a bad day. And there's no point in doing doing that. Do the same thing with your flight attendants. They're going to greet you because they're paid to. And we know damn well they're going to say goodbye to everybody because they're paid to. But they can also uh, make your trip a lot easier. Um, if you say a nice thing to him, good morning. I hope you're having a great day. Or when they say to you, hey, how are you? Say something unusual. Like, well, today's already a good day. Thanks for asking. Something like that. You're going to remember them. They're going to like you. There's nothing wrong with being liked by people who are serving you, especially who, who have control of your food. Don't yell at the guy at the drive-thru. What is he doing to your Big Mac? Damn, dog. I can think of some stuff right now. And I, I would never do it, but that's horrible. Uh, I've heard of flight attendants. I've had them tell me. I've met quite a few. That people they don't like, especially in first class, because a lot of those guys can be pretentious, they'll crop dust them. And I think that's hilarious. Like they'll wait till they have a good one roasting in the oven there and walk past them and just SBD the shit out of their coffee, <laughs> give them a good crop dust. And you're, if you're ever wondering who's the stinky guy on my flight, it's either you or it's the flight attendant. <laughs> that's just the way it goes. So the flight attendants are good. I know another good one to do, and this is just to help. I think that, um, a lot of stuff can be contagious. One of them is uh, is a good mood, a good day. I like to uh, I'll I'll give an extra tip to the bartender or the server in the restaurant or in the. Um, I like to go to the clubs. I go to the uh, American Airlines Club. I was just in the United Club yesterday. I like to over tip them because if you're going to to a club, chances are you go there again. They're going to remember you, remember your name, and it's just good for them. And they get a, the bathroom attendant. Think about him. Think about her. Like there's few things worse than being in a bathroom and the, uh, like in the morning when you got you to gotta have a movement, but every single one is stalled with like full of dirty toilet paper in the water, pee all over the seat. Ladies, that happens a lot in men's bathroom. And, th and then a lot of guys, well, I'm never going to be here again, so what's the point of me cleaning it? That's bullshit too. You're, just, you're not hooking yourself up and you're bringing negativity into the universe. But how about when you're walking into a bathroom, it's pretty much empty, and the dude is walking out with his mop and his uh, his cleaning supplies, and he's just doing the work, got the gloves on, and uh, give him a tip and say, hey, here's for a beer after work, man. I really appreciate what you're doing for us in this airport. People skills are good. Um, interesting to do that. So that, you know, flying a lot. I, I had an, an experience once flying, which is hilarious. The, uh, I was at Newark, it was Newark, New Jersey, one of the one of the four you can fly out of when you're in the New York area that are sufficient enough to get you a direct flight to where you want to go. Um, I was in there, I got out of the car, I got dropped off, and I had to run to the first toilet I saw. So I'm running in there, I saw the sign, you know, for the for the the stick figures on the sign, and there's like the handicap one. And I'm not a big believer in the handicap one. I think that that's one of those things where it's there. It's needed for someone handicapped, so don't be that guy because the handicap stall. Let, let let it there in case he comes in. I was that guy also one time using the handicap stall. I opened the door and some poor dude in his twenty twenty five maybe trying to get his dad out of a wheelchair into this other stall, and I'm the asshole in the. I felt bad about that, so I don't do that anymore. the The short um, urinal, by the way, is for it's for little people. Children included. <laughs> I heard Brad Williams, the comedian, talk about that. Don't use that one. That's ours. I got off a plane. I got to pee, too. Maybe my bladder's smaller. The little one's for little people. But we do what we do. Um, so, yeah, be good to them on the way there. And it's okay to be nice to each other on the way because now you're at a point where you're annoyed 
with everybody. So try to keep self-aware. Your situational awareness or your lack thereof might be a reason you get into like a no kidding argument or a fight. Like here's one, here's one for you. When you go through the security line, you may not have known this, you're going to need your ID and you're going to need your boarding pass. Now, if your boarding pass says TSA pre, go to the one that says TSA pre. Don't be the guy that waits in line at TSA pre for five minutes just for the guy at the front checking your ID saying you're not TSA pre. If you are in TSA pre, act like you know what you're doing. Act like you've been there. The metal detector is going to detect metal. Your stuff needs to be out of your pockets. The easiest way that I find for TSA pre is obviously if you're wearing cowboy boots, which I like to, you do need to take those off because there's there's uh, nails in them. It'll set off the metal detector. Your belt might, your belt might not. It's up to you. But if it sets it off, you're going to be the asshole that turns around and has to put it back in there. But you need your ID out. As soon as you're done with your ID and your boarding pass, they need to go away. Just put them in your bag. You should be ready. Everything out of your pocket, phone and IDs, wallet in your bag. You should be ready to rock and roll. Wait for that uh, that line in front of you to go through and then go through the metal detector. You should be on your way to the restaurant or whatever you do before you get on a flight. And that's just simple stuff right there in the airport. Don't be the guy. I've seen people up there. Okay, you can't bring liquids through. You can't bring liquids through because a while back, someone figured out that maybe Al-Qaeda can realize well, liquids can blow up. So you can only bring three ounces of mustard on your sandwich or whatever. Uh, you know, the, the the little stuff like the um, I've seen big bottles of shampoo taken. I saw a dude try to get through security with a gallon of milk. And that makes no sense to me whatsoever. I don't know what the gallon of milk's for. You can't get it through. And they're like, well, you can either check it or you can drink it. I'm like, dude, you just because we all heard that you got to drink it, drink it. But he didn't. He just left it there, um, you know, and then just walk through. And when you get through, don't be the person that's going to piss other people off. You know who I see in airports quite a bit? I see the person who stops at the end of the escalator, right up top. Those aren't stairs. Those stairs are moving. Move forward, and then if you need to check your phone or whatever, look to your left or right, whichever way you're going to veer. Go to a side looking, and then stop while you're texting. Not, don't get me wrong, few things in life make me happier than watching someone fall into, into a decorative arrangement or a fountain because they're staring at their phone. That's awesome to me. That's a little comic relief. But that's little things that you're going you're gonna to need to do there. Um, and just wa- you know, walking, they're, they're, you're going to see certain people who are in there. Like my mother's the person who can't quite figure out where her next flight is, so they're blocking the middle of everything, staring up at the, the board. There's a lot of those people. They do that. Um, if you need to take a phone call, especially if you're one of those important businessmen, you know who they are. It's probably their first trip where they got upgraded to first class, so now they're officially a businessman. So they got to talk about business. And let's talk about this and when we're going to sell them. And they're loud. They have their their uh, AirBuds or the oh the new ones, the new Air, uh, AirPod Max. I have those. I love them. And I don't know... Um, I don't realize how loud I am when I'm talking. I'll make phone calls at home on those things, and I'm loud. But so are you. So try not to, especially don't be in the the airplane screaming into your headphones. Your headphones are there for a reason. Don't watch your movies without headphones when before the plane takes off. People do that all the time. Don't be that guy. You're annoying. Don't talk on the plane. If, if, if it's an emergency, you can, you can finish that in three words and say, I got to go. I'm on a flight, and then text them. That's what text should be for. Those are guys that are going to annoy you. Also, as soon as you land, it's great that you turned your plane back into regular mode and it's great that you see stuff and you're so happy people love you and they text you. You don't need to make that phone call telling your stepdaughter that you just landed and you'll be, you'll be outside. You don't even know which part of outside you're going to be at anyway. Just be nice. Let everyone get off the plane. Here's another one that I like about airplanes. Um, I like it. Uh, I've seen it. It's rare because it's common sense. Everyone seems to stand up as soon as the plane lands. But then they, they like if one guy stands up, the aisle seats, the other aisle seat stands up and they're standing together and they're kind of fighting over their bags. Be nice then to, uh, there's no point in getting a fight there. Once you have your bags and they open the door and do cross check and all call, all that bullshit, the people who are standing, it would be faster if the people who are already standing with their bags all left and then the next people get up out of their seat. You know what I mean? Then they leave. 
but it never happens that way. Oh, one more thing I forgot about flying. Um, when you get up to go to the go to the PP because you have such a sensitive bladder, when you're getting out of your plane, use your hand rest to lift yourself. Don't use the guy's chair in front of you and you're just jerking him around and it pisses him off, trust me. He's spilling his drink. And that's that. That's that's a couple that's a couple of the annoying people on the airplane that I noticed this week. Travel, travel, travel. I've traveled all over the world, and there are two things I know. Mismanaged government can lead to economic destruction, and gold has value everywhere on the planet. Whether it's incompetence or intent, the result is the same. Rising inflation and wasteful government spending are destroying the U.S. dollar. That's why I partnered with Allegiance Gold, and you should diversify your portfolio as well. My friends at Allegiance Gold can help you protect your IRA or 401k with physical gold and silver, or if you prefer, have it delivered securely right to your front door. Their approach is different. They focus on educating and developing a long-term strategy that is right for you. That's why Allegiance Gold has some of the highest ratings in the industry. Five stars with TrustLink, AAA rated, with the Business Consumer Alliance and an A-plus from the Better Business Bureau. Go to protectwiththeoperator.com and get up to $2,500 of free silver on a qualifying purchase when you tell them the operator sent you. Or give them a call at 844-790-9191. That's 844-790-9191. We can't control the Biden administration, but we can prepare for the consequences of their mismanagement of our economy. So check out protectwiththeoperator.com. That's protectwiththeoperator.com or call them 877-790-9191. And there's always other fun stuff that you'll see when you're flying around our glorious country or the world. It gets goofy. Uh, here's, here's another one. And, and this person I'm about to describe is not one person. It's basically all of our moms. Don't be the person who brings an egg salad sandwich onto the plane. I mean, I'm all cool with you packing a lunch and having it there and setting yourself up. That's great. Um, but that it's like, mom, that's an egg. You never eat egg salad sandwich. And she'll say, I know, doesn't it smell good? Well, no, it smells. And it smells to everybody on the plane, egg salad sandwich. Don't do that. That cracked me up to think of the plans. And then, uh, you know, but you know, who's great, though, is the pilots. I do love the pilots. We all get a really good experience with them if you make it to where you're going you had a good uh you had a good flight and if uh you, you know how they talk we always make fun of what, the way they talk the monotone voice uh you know if you when you hit that uh that pocket when you're flying cross country and it hits so hard it bounces someone up you can hear luggage rattle you'll spill your tonic on yourself or whatever and uh the pilot comes over and says, well, obviously, we've reached some weather up here at 35,000 feet. So we should be, well, we're going to take it down a little bit, just look for a little cleaner air. He's saying that to get your mind up the fact that you think you're going to die. <laughs> that, a lot of people are more afraid of fl flying than they, they realize. The pilot's calm up there just to keep you calm. He's got it. And if he was screaming bloody murder, it's not going to help you. It's going to make you crazier. Uh, you know, if you're, if you're diving into a, uh, a fiery abyss, if one of the jet engines is out you know he's probably going to be a little more concerned but he's got it he's going to fix it and you ain't helping so don't, you know just enjoy what you're having that that's why that's why there's no airplanes are a lot like las vegas in there's really no dr drinking time like it's, there's no closing time it seems like and people i mean if you if you walk into uh to a restaurant and um on a Wednesday morning before work and you're going to get a delicious omelet and some wheat toast and I don't know, maybe some flaxseed pancakes with sugar-free syrup. That's really good. Um, if someone's sitting in there having a breakfast also, but he's he's by himself and has a bottle of red wine he's drinking, you're going to be like, that's a, it's an odd choice for a morning beverage. But hey, at the airport, no one notices, no one cares. A lot of people drink at the airports right away because they are afraid of flying because it doesn't seem natural. But I told my kids at an early age, I also taught my kids how to... Um, manage their way through the maps and stuff, the gates and how to get to where just in case you find your, it's good training for them. Good operational and situational awareness and all that stuff. But uh, yeah, the, the, the drinking starts early. That's why, Hey, that's why a lot of people uh, get in trouble. You know what I mean? Mine was there. Well, here's, here's mine. 
I, I may have talked about it. I've definitely talked about it. I don't know if I talked about it on my podcast. I'm banned, I think, still from, from Delta Airlines. They banned me because it was at the height of the great de- mass debacle of 2020. So it was 2020, 2021, I forget. You can look it up. I'm sure the, those of you who are checking my timestamps on when I said shotguns were fully semi-automatic, um, uh, it, it's, it's, in, it's in one of my talks somewhere. You, you, if you're timestamping me, you're a stalker, you'll find it. But what happened is uh, I, ha- I had a bunch of masks. I've actually been carrying the same luggage. I can live out of my carry-on without doing laundry for 21 days. That's impressive. That's, those are carry-ons. I got this shit down. I learned how to pack in the Navy, learning how to pack a bag, learning how to pack your rucksack. Learning what stuff's where and how to put things in things. It's uh it's really it's a really good trait just to be a good damn guy. Uh where was I? Oh, so I got banned because I in my bags that I had neatly packed, and I'm a I uh I'm a combination of folder and roller. Like I'll roll up my pants if I need to, but I will flatten out a shirt. I have a way to fold a um a sport jacket. I always think you should have a sport jacket with you. Just in case you got to get out and do some business, like it, it, a, a good rule to do for yourself is either wear a nice T-shirt or a polo shirt that's comfortable, like a golf shirt, but have a have a jacket with you so that you can, uh, in case it's like, oh, change your plans and we got to meet with the boss right now. You can you can throw that bad boy on a couple shakes. It doesn't doesn't wrinkle. The, there's a way to fold it. Let me know if you want me to put an instructional out, and I will do that. I will do that for you how to fold it. But it's nice too because you can also just carry carry your thing on and then we could fold it this way and put it in the overhead on top of your bag so it's, it's pretty nice but anyway in my bag i had about probably seven to nine masks those masks that they're now admitting not only do they not work they might be detrimental to your health if you wear masks too long but the liberals love masks so much they're never going to not wear them I, I was in la recently Oof, they love their masks and their covid tests and they just love that covid out there i don't know they love love it we get, they get on one side, they love it, man. They love COVID, they love Ukraine, they love pumping money into them. But um, I was sitting on this Delta airline flight, and I fly them a lot. I'm a million miler, right, on Delta. And I didn't, well, I, I, I got served a drink and some peanuts. And I th- we're on the ground. And uh, I, I had a mask on, and I said, wait, so I can take this off to to eat and drink and they said yes but just to eat and drink so maybe even put it on during chews i'm like okay and we're not saying what's in the drink but i was having a pretty hefty morning and uh i put peanuts in my mouth and i was and i i actually took the mask off i took a selfie of myself basically proving this is ridiculous if something is that airborne by the way that plexiglass that you see everywhere ain't doing shit not in your uber not in your taxi not at the craps table that they had when i went to vegas during during the pandemic and toilet paper by the way is not a survival mechanism it's just nice to have you can live without it awkward showers i think i've mentioned that before but you can do it there if there's a lake nearby you can get your butt clean but uh, i took the picture and i decided to tweet it i was leaving an event for soon to be congressman congressman elect eric van orden i was up there with him he's navy seal great guy follow him and um, we, uh, I took the picture and I tweeted my picture, my mean mug, smiling all cocky. And uh, I captioned, I'm not a pussy. Now, the issue that I didn't recognize is there was a dude behind me off to my right over my shoulder. He's wearing a USMC hat and he had a mask on. So I, I hit tweet and uh, we took off. And it was about a two-hour flight. When I landed in my little world, meaning my wife, all hell was breaking loose. Because apparently, I think the New York Post got word of it, put a picture out of me being an asshole. And I'll admit that was an asshole move. And then I think someone from the New York Times or New York Post called Delta Airlines and said, what are you going to do about this? And so uh, they banned me. I had a flight the next day from LAX to, I'm sorry. From JFK to LAX on a, a bed seat. And I love those, man. I love flying on a bed seat because on paper, you're going to get a lot of sleep in that bed on the flight. Maybe, maybe not because you're still in the bed seat with the first class service. But yeah, they banned me from Delta Airlines. I haven't been on since. And I, it, it's odd when you think about it that uh, so many uh, 20 years after uh, 9 11, I'm the guy on a no-fly list, which is a lot. I mean, I still think I could get through this country without a passport, but uh, that is a story for another day.
Tis the season for clean balls. Fa la 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 la. Our friends at Manscaped are helping you clear your driveway for safe travels this holiday season. From stocking stuffers to white elephants, Manscaped's products are at the top of every wish list. Grab some crop mops for your pops or the body buffer for the holiday lover. Win this year's white elephant gift and help all the men in your life go from eggnog to nice hog this December by going to manscaped.com and using the code THEOPERATOR for 20% off plus free shipping. I have Manscaped. I use it. I love it. Uh, perfect for gifts or stocking stuffers. Manscaped is a one-stop shop for all your holiday needs. They have the perfect gift in the Platinum Package 4.0 plus loads of little presents. Perfect for the stocking stuffer. What better holiday gift than giving the gift of good hygiene and a few laughs? Manscaped offers a handful of other liquid formulations, shampoos, body washes, upstairs and downstairs deodorant, gels, exfoliants, absolutely everything you could need to keep it clean. Don't let their chestnuts roast in the wrong boxers. Give them a pair of Manscaped boxers, specially made to keep the area cool and provide holiday comfort all year round. Now that you've gifted them Perfect privates go beyond the groan with Manscaped's full-body product line. Dad's nasty nose hair? (laughs) Save his life with the Weed Whacker Nose and Ear Hair Trimmer. The Shears 2.0 is their full kit for nail care with scissors, clippers, tweezers, and a file for the traveling man. There's a new Persevere cologne that brings a light, breezy, woodsy feel and gives that fresh tree scent even after the holidays are over. Still using a loofah? Introduce the body buffer. Will loofahs actually hold bacteria from dead skin? Help them throw out that disgusting old loofah and get them a body scrubber that feels smoother but acts tougher. Lastly, top off the stocking with a crown jewel for their family jewels, the Lawnmower 4.0. The Electric Razor's advanced skin technology is a life changer and known for reducing nicks and cuts on his Santa sack. Manscaped is here to make the holiday shopping a blast by giving products they'll love and make them laugh. So now if you go to manscaped.com, you get 20% off and free shipping when you use the code THEOPERATOR. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com using the code THEOPERATOR. Manscaped, for a perfect gift that will be the holiday's biggest hit. So the flights I did have on two different airlines, uh, I fly American, I fly United pretty much now. I get on JetBlue once in a while. Um, great, a great airline experience. I rarely had a bad experience on most of the airlines. Most of the people that work there are professional. And that's good. Um, flight attendants can be awesome. Just can crack you up. So it's uh, I do I do like to fly, and the experience of looking around airports is always fun. I'm good at it now. I know where to go. I know where stuff is. I know certain people by name, and they know me. It's cool. Um, with being known too, that can also be a problem because if you see someone in a bar. And they want to do a shot with you, which happens to me. Someone else might see them do a shot with me, and then they want a shot with me if they recognize me. Some guys don't even recognize me, but they realize they want a shot with this dude. And eventually, it could be 10 people took one shot, and then one asshole took 10 shots. That's, again, a good way to get in trouble in an airport. But, but what I was doing this one, this was a, this was a good trip. I, I took a flight from New York to Chicago, got in a car and drove to Champaign, Illinois, for an event for cops there's a, an annual event shop for cops run by big mike a lot of his guys and we uh like the first thing we did when we got there was we ate uh um chicago style pizza i'm still saying detroit style pizza is my favorite but we got chicago style and i don't think they put like there's not sausages they're just meatballs on there those like those are bears fans and i love it got to meet dan hampton speaking of bears best i think the 85 bears was the best Best team in the history of the NFL. Awesome to watch. The one, their one loss was a fluke. They, they were dominant. So we went there. We, I got to hang out with Dog the Bounty Hunter. Yeah, awesome. That dude is awesome. Um, very, very nice guy. Learned a little bit about him. I didn't get to talk too much with him because there was a lot of people there. But uh, just his story of uh, how he became a bounty hunter, how he got the nickname Dog, and uh, um the I, I get, you know he did a couple stints in prison you can sort of he's got that look and he he was telling us how uh how the way the reason he became a bounty hunter is because one of his buddies escaped or something i i, I might be screwing this up he escaped but he knew him and if he knew uh um if he 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 caught him it'd be better for him to catch him and turn him in and like his first 
His first bounty hunter op was his buddy, which is cool. But he said he learned the right side of the tracks because he was getting transferred from one prison to another prison. And the guard that was with him, he said to him, you know, you, you just got, you got to look about you. And I think you can turn your life around. And he, he said, do you, um, he, he's been in prison for about six or nine months at this point. And they're driving together. And he goes, would you want McDonald's? And he's like, oh God, I would love McDonald's. It's been nine months since anything but prison food. I'd love it. And he took him to McDonald's as long as you don't run away. Cause I don't want to have to hit you with the taser or shoot you. So he didn't. And dog was respectful to the cop. That was cool. And he said, that one conversation that he had with that one cop changed his life. And that's pretty cool to think about the impact, the butterfly effect that you can have on someone with just one thing you say to them. One thing you point out, something they're good at and something they, they can improve, but they can be better and straighten something out. Because we all have something. I have something. You have something that you're worried about. And I'm a, you know, I always say whatever it is, you got to get over it. But you do need to learn from it. And you don't want to repeat it. And so Dog said he, in his career, and you've seen him all over TV, um, he's, he, uh, I guess he arrested 10,000 total people was his number he gave me. And he said that same thing to 10,000 people he arrested. That you're good. You can do something. There's never too much time to, you know, to, um, you're not stuck anywhere. You can, you can do this. I thought it was pretty neat that he was doing that. And then, um, I was out there with uh, Sheriff David Clark. From, he's from Milwaukee. Uh, you've seen him on TV, I think, with the with the the kick ass hat, uh, cowboy hat. He's kind of made his own. That's badass. He's a great dude too. He strikes me as a no bullshit guy. Um, very honest. And what I, I he he's the type of person that would buck the leadership for his people, for the voters that put him in charge. He said, "I'm not in charge of a. There's not a a city council or a." Um, a union that's in charge of me. If I don't think something's right, I'm not doing it. If I don't think it's right by the people, I'm not doing it. I'm not enforcing this. Here's the way we're going to do it. And I like that style. He said he was responsible for the voters, and that's great, man. That's pretty cool. And then uh, Michael Winslow was there. He was he was the dude um, from Police Academy. Have you ever seen the Police Academies? Uh, those are those are '80s movies, and those are some of the best. Um, Best comedies you'll ever see. They're hilarious. He plays uh, Larville Jones, Monsignor Larville Jones, Doctor Monsignor. But he makes the sounds with his mouth, and that's that's just incredible. I also had my mind blown at this Shop for Cops event by Lee Greenwood. My wife and I were sitting right front, so close as he's singing. It's like almost like he's serenading. My wife, because you, you don't know where to look. Like she turned around, she goes, I, "I don't know if I should look at his chest. Do I look at his eyes? What's going?" And he's singing. That motherfucker broke out a mini saxophone. I'm sure it's called something else, but it, it reminded me of the time that Ron Burgundy whipped out the the jazz flute and started crushing. He starts crushing the saxophone. I didn't know he could play that, and uh, you know, people getting on their feet for that. And then he's saying he's proud to be an American. And then I, yeah, I was able to give a quick spiel up there. Then I was a panel with dog and Sheriff Clark and we talked to a room full of cops and it was really interesting because their, you know, morale is still pretty low for police officers and they, you know, everything from defund the police, which is complete bullshit to you can't do certain holds to the criminals are getting more latitude than the cops are. And there are cops that I've seen in, in New York, NYPD, I've seen them out in LA too, where, um, uh, you know, why would I arrest that guy? He's going to be out before I'm done with the paperwork and I could potentially lose my job because I'm too rough with him. Can you imagine that? And that's the way we're treating our police. And you can, you can see as a result what's, what's happening in some cities. Crime's getting pretty bad. They realize, I mean, if, you know, if I was in a different position in life and I could steal a bunch of clothes that are worth a bunch of money, walk out and nothing happens, maybe. I mean, I, I totally don't, I, I don't condone it whatsoever, but that, that's what a lot of these people are thinking. Free shit. Maybe they can sell it. Maybe they can get money. Maybe. I don't know. They're, it's not good to be doing it. You're ripping off someone's livelihood, and I hate it, but but uh, it's getting done because defund the police because police are bad, and uh, that's just the narrative. So talk like even cops, they, they'll tell us that now that morale's low. That they, I mentioned that there were recruiters from Florida police departments in Times Square trying to recruit NYPD. They, they said, look, you can have a nice house, a car, a pension. Come to Florida. And it's almost like, why wouldn't I go to Florida? Because cops are being treated bad now. We're, the sad thing is we're going to need to get have bad stuff happen before 
we realize what we're doing. And we're realizing it now with inflation. We're going to realize stuff now with the lack of education from our kids, from the remote learning to not going back to the we're starting to see it communication skills because you forced them to wear that cloth diaper on their fucking face, which is ridiculous, but became a political statement, stuff like that, uh, that they're not learning as much. They're not as good at certain things. And we, our public schools were not that great in the first place. And this is where a lot of the bad stuff comes from. A lot, uh, you only know what you're taught. And if you're not being taught the right thing, it's not going to help you out. If you're being taught bullshit and believing it, you're going to grow up to be, Someone who believes in bullshit, not reality, because we are at a point, if you've noticed in life, that sometimes you have to defend your, your personal well-being being because you told the truth and hurt someone's emotions. Emotions are real now. That's not all there is. Don't tell the truth. I mean, look at, um, look at that non-binary person for the Department of Energy that takes care of... of um, nuclear waste what they've got and then and i don't know do i non-binary do i say he or she they i'm i'm being serious i don't know and i don't want to insult people for what they want to do it's like i seriously am a believer that you should be able to do whatever you want to do and the government should not step in unless you're hurting someone else that's it you do you cool but don't start you know if bad stuff starts where like uh People start losing scholarships because someone who's biologically faster wins a race. That's messed up. Um, so this non-binary person teaches, like, I think it's kink at a college, which f for me tells you what college has come to. Kink. I, I mean, I don't mean to brag, but my, uh, my uncle Brian back in the day at the University of Montana did get, he made the dean's list because he got an A in the one class he took. And that class was the history of rock and roll. I think I'm going to look that up. I might take that class too. Get me in there. That'd be a cool degree to get a, a degree in rock and roll, even though I have no talent whatsoever. But the non-binary um, person stole someone else's luggage off the carousel, took the bags off, and then tried to check that bag. And went, once busted, tried, yeah, all, their, their answer was, yeah, these look like my things, <laughs> right? That's a felony. So does, does, uh, does he get fired or because he's, part of the woke crew cloud does he just get a pass it's like a uh, hunter biter's hunter biden's laptop does he just gets a pass because he's on that side of the aisle and and I mean, even look at the way that now that i mean it only took cbs two fucking years to say it's real even though everyone knew it was real i know a lot of people who wanted to get some of those pictures because they're like uh, you know i'm not saying i want a party with hunter biden but it doesn't look like that bad of a time <laughs> um but the so now they're saying that it's, they're saying, well, Twitter was was um, censoring it simply because we it's the same laws that protect child pornography. But I don't think that we were too concerned with the pornography, even though buying illegal guns and using your father's credit card when he's the vice president, and then both of you making money with a with a with an uncle, admitting on this laptop how much um, how much dirt China and Ukraine. And Russia has on you, that's in there. That's that that's a matter of national security. That can affect you negatively. That's a problem. Uh, and that's there on the laptop, but you'll notice that most of the news stations never say a thing about it because they're in on some stuff too. There it, it all goes round and round back to the personal power. I know people that work at every I've been on every um major news station, and I think most people are smart. And I I can't believe they believe a lot of the stuff they're saying, but they're saying it because that's keep the lights on. It keeps the uh, keeps the mortgage paid. Keeps you has your power. I mean, there's power in being on TV. People recognize you. That's a power thing. Some people just need that. They need to be seen, and um, you know that's a lot of problem uh, problems out there. But this, this is this, you know this goes back to the education too. What are we teaching the kids and educating them? Um, we talked about guns today. The guns are not dangerous if you know how to use the guns. They're not dangerous. You should. People should know how to use them. You hear liberals talk about the semi-automatic auto 900 assault rifle. They don't know what they're talking about. At least if you're going to get up there, be have used it. There are guys that shoot it. <clears throat> liberals have got on TV and shot the AR-15 and the little bink and pretended it was just the most massive punch to the to the shoulder. My my shotgun kicks. That that maybe that's why a lot of people are offended by my shotguns. But but um, they're good. I still have them. They're right next to me, like like my little dogs. 
But it was it was great to talk to the cops. I always love talking to cops because they are more loved than they realize. Uh, people around the country support the cops. They support the blue. They support first responders, and there was no reason not to. Um, they're doing even when even when COVID was at its worst, the lockdowns were at its worst, and we were convinced that being six feet feet apart from each other and having these masks and shit on. If you're a first responder or if you're a cop making an arrest, a firefighter, you're you're going to have to break those boundaries. So even in the beginning, when none of us knew what the hell was going on with this uh, this disease, this pandemic, the cops still they had to get up close and personal. They they literally were putting their lives on the line as far as they knew every single day. And it's good to talk to them. It is good to tell them that they are supported, that most of America likes them. Unfortunately, the loudest people have the biggest platforms now. And uh, no matter what, the media is going to go against you because that's the that's the the ideology and the way it works. Like we finally just finished the midterms today uh, in in the blue state of Georgia, <laughs> um, and that's over. But you're immediately going to start hearing about um, 2024. So buckle up for that. I'm sure we'll have a lot to talk about there. So my First trip last week on Saturday. Flew to Chicago. Got a little bit of sleep. No, I did I get sleep that night? No, I, I left Chicago. Got up early. Flew to Los Angeles for uh, a, a late afternoon speech at Rails, which is a, a restaurant. And I, I hope it stays open. Rails is famous in New York, but it's awesome food. Rails, you can get the... Like the sauce and everything, really good stuff. So I gave a speech at Rails to another crew, signed signed a bunch of books for them, had a lot of fun. They were a great group. And then I had to take a red eye, a red eye from LAX to Houston, where I was able to take a four-hour nap on the floor, which turns out is really good for your back. That actually helps pretty well, sleeping on the floor. So just because your significant other kicked you out, um, the back might be better the floor might be better on your back than sleeping on the couch. Just food for thought. So I went down there, gave another speech in Houston that morning, which um, was great. I met, met a great company there, too. I'm always meeting great companies. And, and with this, this is when I say I get to talk to a few thousand people personally a week because with this is you know book signings and some selfies and just talking shop. That's why I like to say the word um, operator to operator. I, I want to find out what they're doing. They find out what I'm doing. And we just talk about stuff and, and the realization that uh, most people are good. They really are good to each other and they want to do the right thing by each other. And people can be fun. You can have a lot of fun with them, if you will. Like, like you know, like I was saying earlier, you only know what you're taught. But there, there's so much to learn. You can learn by traveling, learn by seeing new stuff. So then I, I did get some sleep in that hotel and then flew back to New York. Uh, I'm in the studio recording now. So it was a quick road trip, a couple cities, a couple of the, You know, I was in LA, there was a. Um, a blockbuster video. And I thought that was so cool. I thought the only one was in Bend, Oregon. But if 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 you have this blockbuster video is one of those things where I have my card. I'll get a picture of my blockbuster card. I have it here. It might be behind me. Um, if you have one of those, you don't need to ask. People don't need to see how old you are. You say, I'm this old with my blockbuster video card. Because we used to have these, these um, places that you could go and get a VHS tape. And you could put that tape in your VCR, or your video cassette recorder, and you could watch it. You had to rewind it. You didn't skip forward. Nothing was digital. And so VHS, man. I remember when we got our first one, just top of the line, high speed. We're going to the moon soon, uh, this family. And, you know, they came out with the laser discs, came out, and then the CDs, compact discs, the DVDs. And now we're just into, like, I think Redbox was like the Netflix. Redbox might have taken down Blockbuster because you could just go get it out of the box instead of going in. And, like, the... It was a fun experience on a Friday night as a kid to go into Blockbuster because they have the like the movie title up there. You can see them. They'd buy a bunch, but you need to check behind it to see if the actual disc or, at the time, the VHS was there. And if it wasn't, it sucks. But, man, going in there on a Friday and getting the movie you want and being able to take it home to watch it, nothing like Blockbuster. This Blockbuster, however, that I saw in Los Angeles is not a Blockbuster at all. It was It was like a club. A, a bar club and i it was typical la to me because there was a it wasn't full yet it was still early and there were you could see people inside but there's a bouncer and a, and a red rope of who he's going to let in and not let in it's like i could tell from here that place isn't full you're just doing your thing blockbuster video go in there and get you a mai tai or whatever you drink at blockbuster so it was fun though traveling around there talking to different people and like i mentioned only know what you're taught 
I, I had conversations with guns about people. I, I had people ask me that follow me on different uh, different media sites. Why are these people mad at you about shotguns? And I said, I, I think I said I, I liked a shotgun, and that pisses some people off. I had I had my my guys at EOTech say that uh, that um, they they put a clip of me on something, and it got immediately started getting negative feedback because that's that group I talk about, the Reddit group, that uh, they. You know, copy paste to their friends. Make sure you say something mean about this guy because he doesn't know what he's talking about. But you you only know what you're taught. If you're not being taught good stuff, it could get bad. That, a good example of that, and I will have to do a segment on this. I'm I think that a lot of the reason for mass shootings is the a lot of those video games that kids play because it's not real, and you just kind of get used to it. You get you get used to that very graphic death and shooting all kinds of people, and they might be fun, but you know you kind of get accustomed to it i think and that that could be a problem with why people are so easy eager to go into places that they hate and shoot people up and i think it sucks but you're taught that that's a way of being taught uh if you're taught gun safety in respect of others a lot of that wouldn't happen you're not you, you don't you're not born hating people you're taught to how to hate people and that's too bad to see that that's one of the things that's going on now the when the communists take over they said they want to divide us divide and conquer you've probably heard that before divide us you know irish american asian american african-american you know it should just be american that's the way i like to feel but you know what you're taught and speaking of being taught did you know that russia is picking up commandos that we trained from afghanistan to fight in the war in iraq <sighs> there's a word for it so there's another one that the media loves you either love it or you hate it we you got to figure we were training because we were in Afghanistan for so long, the never-ending war that we're definitely going to win, right? We're training these guys, uh, the Afghan National Army, some of those special forces. There was a crew called the CTPT that were being trained by some of our agencies, and we would work with them as a Tier 1 unit. And they were better than the normal Afghan soldiers. But we're training them a lot of our tactics not realizing these are our tactics we can't we're not always going to be best friends and once we gave up in afghanistan and turned tail and the taliban took over guess what all these guys that we trained that didn't fight too hard they either escaped or some some guys got away to different places but were spotted and they're threatened with execution so a lot of them are executed their families are tortured in front of them but these afghans are trained and Iran is an ally with Russia, and Iran borders Afghanistan, and uh, Iran is where a lot of these places, uh, a lot of these places that these uh, fighters went to. So now they're in Iran. Iran, you know, they support Russia with with uh, weaponized drones they can use in Ukraine and the Ukrainian people, which is bad. But Iran's doing it because Iran, I don't know if you know this, doesn't give a fuck. We definitely need to talk about that stupid nuclear agreement and the sanctions we should have on them. Also, how we should be supporting vocally the Iranian peoples are trying to rise up. I, I mean, Iran, is they're so full of shit. They're never going to give up the Islamic Republic. What they're doing is lying to us right now. You've probably seen some stories where they've disbarred the, uh, if you disbar, the religious police, the morality police, which is complete bullshit. They're not doing that. They're telling you that so you, you back off them a little bit. They're going to lie to you, just like they're going to lie to you about the nuclear weapons they're not going to make. We're only going to use nuclear energy for peace. Yeah, I'm sure you will, Iran, because you've been nothing but peaceful since the Islamic Revolution. But Iran is recruiting these guys through Russia, and they're telling these Afghans who were trained how to fight that um, you can go fight in Afghanistan, or you can come from Afghanistan through Iran, go to Russia and fight in Ukraine. And a lot of these Afghans are saying, well, I'll just uh, I'll go fight anywhere you need me because I'm not going back to Afghanistan. And, if I, and they, they actually offer them if they fight with Russia, they can live in Russia. Which is which is going to be? I mean, there's parts of Russia that are just like their home country of Afghanistan, probably a little bit better, and they don't need to worry about getting their heads cut off. And they're trained, so now they're going to. So these are our our, um, our allies, our Afghan allies, our Afghan partners. When we were doing Afghan-led missions, definitely need to touch on that one in a future episode. Afghan-led missions, about a bunch of horseshit. That's officers lying to each other again, <laughs> just to get the next rank. Personal power, baby. Military-industrial complex, but. Um, we train these dudes, and it doesn't make them bad guys. They're taking care of their families. We all need to take care of our families, so they're going up to Russia. And the, the word we're getting is there's plenty of Russians, but their tactics are horrible. So 
These guys trained by SEAL Team Six and other SEAL teams, trained by Green Berets, who were the who were the masters, by the way, of going into a country and starting up a, a militia, making an army and winning. That's what Green Berets do, and they're the best at that. Um, they were trained by some Delta guys, the Special Boat Service, the SBS, the SAS, anyone was there, and now they have these tactics that we have that we were using, that we were fighting with, that we were changing while we were training with them. So now they're going to Ukraine, and they're going to help the Russians. So that's just a nice little thing. So here we are with Iranian-facilitated, American-trained Afghan Special Forces going to fight Ukraine. Which I mean, I know it's very political too, but the 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 shit and the, there's a lot of of stuff going on as far as uh, bribery and corruption, but real people are dying. There's real nerve gas being used on innocent civilians. They're killing kids. It's a shame, but it, that's how it rolls, man. You just start training people. You, you don't know you don't know what tomorrow brings, right? So that's going on over there. Iran's trying to get back their um their uh their nuclear stuff, and we're over here talking about gender fluidity and how to steal luggage from an airport <laughs> but remember if you don't stop at the end of the escalator you're never out of the fight 